Hey, thanks for joining us for another installment of Welcome to the Table. We are talking about life and faith and being a follower of Jesus. All of us are doing this for the first time ever, and there's just so much to the Christian faith for us to explore together. And we are doing that today with special guest Ron Brockman. Sean, tell us all about him. Well, Ronnie B., he is uh, a friend of ours, Khalil and mine, and he's a father. He is a husband. He is also somebody who serves at his church. He's been an elder at his church. He's uh, served in Kidsmen and all, all kinds of different areas. And Ron, I just need you to tell us a couple things. First, one thing that all of our listeners need to know about you. And then what are some of the businesses that you have started? And uh, what exactly is it that you do? So one thing that everybody needs to know, I would say, is it gets really old having people constantly look up to you. (laughs) And I say that (laughs) with as much seriousness. No, I say that (laughs) just because I'm a slightly taller person than the average. You are a tall drink of water. I've looked up to you my entire life. (laughs) Ron, how tall are you? Uh, four foot thirty-four. <laughs> <laughs> Do the math. Do the math. Six ten. Uh, yes, yeah, six ten with shoes on. I used to be six ten without, but I'm getting old. So <laughs> you duck whenever you go into doors. I don't have to. That no. is true. <laughs> but if I don't, I regret it. It would hurt. <laughs> That's awesome. And then, what are some uh, some of your business ventures? Some things that you're doing right now? Maybe some current projects as well. Oh boy. So currently, I have a couple of primary businesses. I have an insurance agency that I've been, I've been in the insurance industry for 20, almost 21 years now. That's how old I am. Um, (laughs) I started when I was born. And then about three, a little over three years ago, I started the towing company with a friend of mine. And um, shortly thereafter, we decided to go different directions. He went on to his own business. I took this business. And so that's been a very time consuming most recently um, one, but there's been other ventures along the way and some goods and not so good, <laughs> but uh, it's been an absolute journey. Yeah. Blessed to be where I'm at. It's, it's cool. cool. And you know, I say I look up to you and I have physically, but also spiritually as well. You, one of the things I really admire, you know, about you, as long as I've known you, you've been incredibly generous. You, you stay humble, but you also keep your eyes open to, just the things of God needs around you and, and in your church and community and families. And your heart is always to help and serve when you can. And I just love that. And uh, it's one of the reasons we wanted to kind of have you on this episode is we're, we want to talk about what it looks like to use our resources and think through all that we have with a kingdom mindset and, and using our things for the, the kingdom of God and not just for ourselves. So, yeah, it's just thinking through, you know, trying to keep that mindset of, of doing things for the kingdom of God and, and seeing needs. Why has that been so important for you in your life? Well, I'd like to say that it's <clears throat> been a constant focus of mine, but that certainly wouldn't be the truth. You know, I think as I've, as I've grown and I've become more mature and, you know, God's led me, I feel like I've taken more of a focus on it. So it hasn't always been that way, but it's, I would say that it's come easy for me just because that's the type of person that I am. That's who God made me to be. That's just one of my, my spiritual gifts, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I've really tried to latch onto it. And, and I appreciate what you said, Khalil, but it's hard for me to see that 
from my perspective. It's not something that I look at and go, man, I did good today. I did this. I don't pride myself on doing those things. Mm -hmm. I look at it that I need to be better. I need to do more. So that's, that's my focus is always what, you know, when I have something, when I'm blessed with something, how can I use that? How can I bless somebody else with it? You know, it's interesting because you talk about, I need to do more. And obviously the focus is not doing more in order to get something. And it doesn't necessarily even have to be a material thing. It can be uh, acceptance or approval or love from Jesus. And I think it goes back to your understanding of the mission of God, the this kind of kingdom mindset. Can you talk a little bit about this kingdom mindset that you have? And if we need to explain a little bit about the kingdom, we can, but that you are very focused on the mission of Jesus. Can you talk a little bit about maybe your journey to that, how you arrived at, at this place, what it means to you to be on mission with Jesus, not just within like sharing your faith or being a great husband and dad, but also utilizing your businesses and utilizing what God has given you. So back in 99 is when I started my insurance career. And I was an agent for a captive company, and I really felt like I started it with the greatest of intentions, but I really felt like I had a hold of the steering wheel the whole time. Mm. And, you know, maybe about nine, ten years in, the Lord really started making me uncomfortable. And a lot of things started happening with the company. And, you know, long story short, I decided to, well, the Lord led me to walk away from that. And that was difficult. I had spent a lot of time and a lot of energy into building two, two locations. I had one in Corvallis, one in Salem, and I walked away from both of those. The Lord really challenged me to do that. And I challenged him, you know, I I said, God, if you want me to do this, you're going to have to bring a buyer to me. And my phone rang the next day. Hmm. And then, okay, God, if you want me to do this, if you want me to sell this, I need at least this much money. And the offer was more than that. Hmm. I mean, it's just every step of the way. And it was him consistently, you know, being faithful, saying, I'm going to take you through this. Because that was a scary thing. You know, wife, two kids, and I'm going to walk away from this. What am I doing? Why am I walking away from this? But I wanted hmm. more. I wanted, I know that he wanted to bless me more. I know that he had bigger plans for me. And I couldn't see that. But we took a, a step of faith and we walked away from it. And from there, it got really scary. Hmm. It got really serious. I was on the verge of bankruptcy. I'd been places that I'd never been financially, you know, voluntarily repossessing vehicles, just trying to keep my head afloat and wondering, God, is this the right move? Is this the right decision? But then slowly he began to build it and he built what he wanted me to be in control of and what he wanted me to use for his kingdom. And it was a number of years ago that Wayne Cordero came to the church and I remember him talking about that, talking about a kingdom mindset. And it really just kind of summed up what I had been. I didn't know those words necessarily, but that just really hit it right on the head. It was like, wow, that's what I need to be. And so I had already been doing some of that, I think, but that's really when it just became laser focused for me to see how can I use everything that I have? How can I do more? What can I do? Because we all want to be blessed. We all want to have things and we love to bless other people. Some do, but 
most of the blessings that we receive come from other people. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, God, use me. Let me bless other people because I love to do that. And it's hard for me to be blessed. It's hard for me to allow people to do things for me. But when I do and I see what it does in them, that really was a change for me. We were in a really difficult time. My wife was going through cancer and going through the financial stress at the same time. And we had to let people do some things for us because we couldn't do anything else. And Mm -hmm. that was really hard. And somebody told me, you want to be blessed, right? Yeah. Well, you have to let me bless you to go through that process. And, and I never saw it that way. I never saw it that allowing somebody to bless me might be a step that they're taking, that they're stepping out of their shell to do something God's called them to do. But no, I don't want you to do it because I don't need it. I'll make it on my own. No, but by letting them do that, they stepped out of their shell. They grew, and that was a baby step for them. And now they're on a completely different level, allowing them to to step into my life and do that. Hmm. That's so uh, important, this idea of fighting against individualism within our Western culture, Mm -hmm. that I can get it done myself, I'm in control, I don't need anyone's help, and yet the kingdom of God or God's rule, his will, his ways here on earth as it is in heavens is a communal one. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not a individual kingdom. You know, the only, the, the King Jesus sits on the throne. He's the King. And then we all together partner with him to bring about that kingdom come here. And it is, cannot be done outside of a body as the apostle Paul talks about it. I'm so glad you hit on that. Uh, it's huge because even for me, I don't know about you, Khalil, that's really hard for me as well to, to, to receive is very difficult. And, um, but you cannot, you cannot be a follower of Jesus. And I dare I say this without receiving, Mm -hmm. receiving grace, receiving Mm -hmm. salvation, receiving, uh, uh, correction and encouragement and rebuke and all of those things. We have to be good receivers. So that's really good. I'm glad you hit on that, Ron. That is good. Kind of switching gears a little bit as we're diving into this, just thinking about, okay, business and time and energy and money and resources for the kingdom. We did an episode with uh, Brian Eno. Right. Um, I think it was episode three. It's just about living a generosity lifestyle, and that encompassed more than just money. But, you know, I'm you, you've started a couple of businesses, and you're, you're using them for the kingdom of God, but I know that's not true of every business owner. And I was wondering if maybe you would just speak to give us a framework to work in a little bit about maybe what, what do you think is different? What, what, what do you see in how most people, maybe, maybe even just apart from God, think through their businesses or their, their resources opposed to how you feel like we as followers of Jesus ought to? Hmm. I would say, well, there's a couple of misconceptions. I don't know that they're misconceptions, but there's a couple of views that it seems like a lot of people have. You know, mm-hmm. you own a business, you're rich. <laughs> that is, you know, you own two, you must be double rich, right? <laughs> no, it just means I have a whole lot bigger bills. You have double liability. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's that's always, you know, as a younger kid, that's what I saw. You know, people own a business, are rich, right? Yeah. But there's a whole lot of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And with what my focus is, is I have an opportunity to bless my staff and to bless my employees that work for me. And sometimes that's 
the simplest thing. You know, you walk in him in and give him a you know hundred dollar bill, and you say, "Hey, thanks for your work. Go take the rest of the day off." You know, something crazy like that. That's you're blessing them, mm. but it's outside of the realm of what we do on a daily basis. You know, it's like they get their benefits, they get, but just to go that extra step and let them know that I appreciate you. I think in what people probably view as is the the business world, corporate America. How big of a bonus can I get? It's all about me. It's all about turning profits so I can make a bonus. And I saw that, mm. you know, in early in on my career, that people would they would drive me for results so they can make their bonuses. Mm. And it really yeah. stuck me. I mean, it just turned me sideways. That was kind of the beginning of when God really started turning me around on where I was and where he wanted me to go because I was working for their bonus. And when they would, I mean, they literally would get mad and tell me I'm not going to make my bonus because of you. And it was like, wow, it just blew me away that they were that brazen to come at me and tell me it's all about them. Mm -hmm. And it really, you know, those, those impressionable things that happen throughout our life really help steer where I went and where I'm going because I don't want to be that person. I don't want to be, it's all about me. Sure. I want to have nice things. I want to be able to do things, fun things, whatever. But when I get those things, when I'm blessed with that stuff, how can I use that? What can I do with it? And how can I bless? Who can I bless? Yeah, that's a difference between transactional Mm -hmm. and what I would call transfigurative or transfiguration versus transaction. You exist. It's this transaction. You exist to help me. I'll scratch your back. You scratch my back. It's I present something in order to... get a return in on investment and there's nothing wrong with some of those things. But what you're saying is when you come at it as a follower of Jesus, Mm -hmm. it's not necessarily what I can get, but it's what I can give. So it's not a takeaway. It's Mm -hmm. a giveaway. Mm -hmm. That's a a different way of thinking. That's a different Mm -hmm. perspective, but it's a perspective that's based on what Jesus has done for us. Right? Like God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son so that whoever would believe in him could have eternal life. And then we receive that gift and the outflow of being transformed or transfigured to be made new is that we then begin to express that same love towards the rest of the world who needs that love. And um, I was thinking of uh, in Matthew chapter 25, you have the parable of the talents, Mm -hmm. um, the one who gets five, two and one. And there's different levels of stewardship in that parable you know, the, the one who has five and the one who has two, both steward their, their talents well. And the other buries it under the ground out of fear. Even I, I, I kind of, I'm not going to change Jesus's parable, but I kind of wish there was another (laughs) person that was given one talent that went and used it for Mm themselves. Because sometimes I feel like that more reflects how I use what I have, but sometimes I bury it too. And maybe that's just another form of bearing, but Sean, you're a Lord of the Rings fan, right? Uh, amen. Yeah, Ron, are you? Are uh, you a Lord of the Rings? What fan? is it? Be careful. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, this is this is. You'll either gain fans or lose fans with this answer. I lost them all. Uh, yeah. Some people, but they still look up to me. Some people, absolutely. <laughs> some people rolled their eyes right now that we even mentioned Lord of the Rings. But <laughs> in uh, one of the shows, there's or one of the movies in the books, there's uh, you. You have the Steward of Gondor, mm-hmm. and the Steward of Gondor. He's not a great dude if you if you see or right. know the image, but he's a great image of a of a steward one way or the another. See, a steward 
operates not on their own behalf, but on the behalf of someone else. And we as followers of Jesus are called to be stewards of what God has given us. So in that sense, we should operate like Jesus. And the steward of Gondor is great because he's a great image of what it looks like to not operate as a steward of the king, but instead to operate as the king himself. Right. And and we he's, his demise is a tragic one and a dramatic one. But that image rolled through my mind just in, in stewardship. It was something I was talking about with someone recently. But when I think about stewardship and being stewards, that's really, I think that's kind of what it comes down to is I'm realizing, you're realizing what you have, your talents, yeah, your finances, your your home, your car, whatever your possessions you have, your your business aptitude. All of these are talents that are not to be used for your glory or building your kingdom, but are to be used as tools in stewardship of God's kingdom. And that's what I think is so different from people who are not followers of Jesus is they just don't have that framework. Yeah, and I would even I would even add on top of that another image of trusteeship. Mm. Like we've been entrusted with these things, which means we can abuse them as a steward of Gondor. We can abuse those things. And so, Ron, can you talk to us a little bit about how you guard your heart when it comes to all that you've been given. And we've got people from all kinds of walks of life that might have a little or might have much and then everywhere in between. But we all have to work on this trusteeship, this stewardship thing, and we all have to guard our hearts. So how have you guarded your heart from being consumed by what you have? Or maybe it's not even that. Maybe it's more subtle than that even. Talk to us a little bit about that. So I would say a couple things. One of the things I was thinking about as you were talking, I mean, you lost me on the whole Lord of the Rings thing. (laughs) I just, whatever. (laughs) But uh, no, I got what you're saying. But we've all had people that have gone before us. And early on, I learned that, you know, I would go to meetings and I would do different things. And I would sit at certain tables with people that I knew. And it was always negative. Hmm. And one day I sat at a different table and it was the exact opposite. I sat at the table with all the people that were winning the awards, the people that were there and it, their, their outlook on it was different. Hmm. And I thought we're all doing the same exact thing. And I can sit at the table with a bunch of people that are negative and just tearing people down and making excuses. Or I can sit at the table where people are successful and people are, okay, great. You've changed this. Now I've got to go figure out a workaround to do it differently Hmm. to still succeed. And so that really had an impact on me. And then when I, you know, when I sat as an elder at the church, I sat around a table where I felt, I honestly felt like I still don't belong, but I didn't belong at that table, but God called me to be there. Mm. I sat there and I looked at the people around that table and I thought, man, there's so much to learn here. Keep your mouth shut, keep your ears open, listen and learn. And I really took that to heart. I watched what some of these other people were doing. If you want to succeed, if you want to climb, if you want to get to the top, whatever you, however you want to look at it, not necessarily financially, you want to look at how other people are doing it. Okay. Mm. I can do it on my own. I can figure it out on my own. I'm going to make a whole bunch of mistakes out of the way or along the way. But if I can look at somebody else that's already gone through it and Hey, give me some help. Give me a little bit of guidance on this. So, so I've learned a ton by watching what other people have done, how they do it. A lot of these people that are, that are generous, 
they don't want people to know. So it's really hard to see that stuff when it happens. Yeah. You know, you don't just, hey, can you tell me how you do this? You know, mm-hmm. they're not going to tell you anything. So, <laughs> but as far as guarding my heart, that's an ongoing challenge because I feel like, you know, the example that I use is I feel like I constantly go back and grab the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm always trying to take control. But I, I hopefully quickly catch myself and realize that ah, I'm do, this is a little bit too much for me. I need to need to refocus that. But if I'm doing that and I'm doing things for myself, as I'm catching myself, if I've gained something, okay, well, I got this. Now what do I do? How do I, how do I take this and turn this? You know, I've got a tow truck. I'm always telling my guys, I, I don't know if my guys, my guys know who God is, but they certainly may not walk the walk. You know, they may not walk on a daily basis, but I'm always encouraging them to find opportunities to bless somebody, you know, do a tow, do it for free, find somebody that needs something. You're in my mind, I'm telling them your gut's going to tell you when to do it. It's the Holy spirit, but we're going to call it your gut. Cause you may not understand that mm-hmm. press into that, find that and bless somebody with that. And they are so excited when they can come back and they tell me those things. I feel like I'm straying off topic here, but it really is. It's about, refocusing. I'm, I'm constantly going off track. I'm constantly looking at something else, but then when I sit back and I look at it or when I've attained that goal that I set out for myself, Oh, now I have this. Now, how can I use this? Oh, I can let these people go stay at this place or I can let these people use this vehicle or I can go haul this stuff for the church to do. You know, there's a lot of different things that you can do, but it's not an easy task. I mean, it's the, the personal, the personal side always wants to step in front and say, oh, I want that for me. I want, I want, I need. No, I don't need, I want. So keeping that in focus is is definitely a challenge. Hmm. Daily. Does, yes. yeah. does having a long-term or an eternal mindset hmm. or a focus on the life after this life help you with that? Hmm. Is, is that a frame? Is that something that keeps you on target or what do you think helps keep you on target? The Holy spirit. I mean, the Holy spirit speaks to me frequently. I mean, I get checks all the time. It's like, mm. where, where's your heart? Why are you doing this? I mean, what's your, are you following me? Are you focused on me? And you know, I reel it back a lot. I mean, I find myself, I used to early on in marriage, I used to go home and tell my wife, all of my visions and dreams. I learned to stop doing that because she thought I was starting a new business every other day. I come <laughs> home and I tell her about it. And she's like, ah, you know, it is like stress in the marriage. So I dialed it back. I don't tell her about all of them. But I, I process. I like to, a lot of the business that I haven't done is because I've talked myself out of them. Hmm. So I've learned to process those things now. So the Holy Spirit will laser focus me in frequently. I mean, it feels like multiple times a week, I'm like, I'm, I'm drifting, I'm straying. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like I'm really blessed with that, that the Holy Spirit just, I, I just get this wake up, Ron, mm-hmm. where are you going? And mm-hmm. so one of the, uh, somebody once told me, they said every day they go to the office and they put that key in the door and they turn the key. They said a little prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for what you've given me. Help me to know that this is yours. That's well, good. when I'm not the first one to the office or I'm not putting the key or I don't go to the office that day, you know, I can't do that. Mm-hmm. But that's a constant prayer of mine is, is, you know, Holy spirit, just keep me in check. Yeah. Keep me focused. Keep me headed down the right path, yeah. your path, your will, not mine, because what he has for me is way greater 
than what I can even come up with. And you mentioned the parable of the talents. That is my absolute favorite parable mm-hmm. in, or, you know, in the Bible mm-hmm. that I don't want to be the one that buries it. Yeah. You know, I've been, we are blessed. We have a lot of stuff and I want to use that stuff for the kingdom. I want to multiply it, but that's hard for me because I see it as I want to multiply it, but I feel like I'm being greedy when I want to go after that, mm. you know, but I want to do it because I want God to use me to bless other people. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want it for me. I just want the opportunity to have an impact on more people. Right. No, that's so great. When mm-hmm. you, and you, when you talked about prayer, I was actually thinking, cause you said the Holy Spirit checks you frequently. And I wanted to add that that speaks on some of the fact that you are listening. Um, right. Because Holy Spirit is always checking, checking us, speaking to us. Sometimes we're moving too fast mm. or we've become too focused on our own goal that we don't leave room for that. So mm-hmm. that speaks to the fact that, that you're listening and for all of us encourage, encourages us in that. I have two questions. The second is kind of built out of the first. You've used the word bless to bless a lot. You talked about using your businesses to bless employees, um, you know, or to bless our community. When you say bless or blessing, how would you define that? What do you think blessing means? Seeing a need and meeting it. Doing things that need to be done, but people may not want to do it. One of the things that I, I, I did, boy, it's been a while now. It's probably been seven, eight years ago. We had a uh, ministry that we would go down to local across the street from a local tavern. We called it the Linger Longer. <clears throat> and uh, we would just serve hot dogs and soda and chips. And we just went down there, cooked them, gave them away. And we did it for a couple of years. And out of that, one year, we did food boxes, gift boxes at Christmas time. And I thought, you know what would be really cool is if we went and got a limo and we picked people up and we just drove them around for a little while. You know, the people that we were ministering to will likely never see the inside of a limousine. So I used to drive limo back in the day, just on a side gig. So I went down and I met, I talked to this guy and said, Hey, can I borrow your limo? He looks at me like, what? (laughs) Seriously, can I borrow your limo? I'll fill it up with gas for you. And so he gave it to me and I went down and we did that. And the Lord planted that in my heart. I started a nonprofit. I went and got a limo and I used that to just what I would call bless the community. So Mm -hmm. I went people that were having difficult times, people that were going through cancer, people that would have lost a loved one, people that were doing good stuff, you know, that, that needed to be recognized officers that were shot in the line of duty. We partner with make a wish foundation, just pick people up, take them out for a night on the town and forget about their life, forget about their troubles, forget about their problems. And that was a blessing to be able to do that. Little did I know what the Lord had planned because I shortly thereafter walked that journey with my wife. We're still walking that journey. Mm-hmm. And it gave me a completely different perspective because I was so mm. anxious to bless people and say, hey, listen, let's take you out for a night in the town. Let's take you to movies. Let's take you to dessert, whatever. We'll comp everything. Why don't you want to go? Why wasn't I getting a response? And then as we get into the chemo phase and we go through this whole journey, it's like you're looking for one day where you feel decent. And when you have that one day, I'm not going to go out and do something with somebody I don't know. I want to spend time with my family or I want to see my friends or whatever. So it was a different perspective, um, mm. but just seeing a need and meeting it really is is what it doesn't have to be financial. Most of the time, it wasn't financial. Mm-hmm. Most of the time, blessing somebody is doing something that needs to be done. It could be raking their yard. It could be you know spreading bark mulch. I mean, it could be a lot of different things. Yeah, totally. 
I like that along the lines of that blessing piece. What is um, maybe a word of wisdom or some advice to our listeners as to how we can, as everyday followers, cultivate this kingdom mindset, this blessing mindset? What are some things maybe that you do? Maybe it doesn't necessarily have to be in this best practices or anything like that, but what are some, maybe some some tips or some principles that you kind of live by that helps cultivate this uh, and fuel this blessing mindset, um, kingdom mindset, really? That's a difficult one. I, I feel like opportunities present themselves to me a lot. So as to somebody that's not in that mindset, I mean, pray about it. Ask God to put somebody in front of me today that needs something. I mean, it could be something as simple as driving through the coffee line. I don't drink coffee because it does stunt your growth. I'm, I'm on the record with that. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, if you're going through the drive-through and somebody's behind you, pay for their meal. I mean, it's something as simple as that. It doesn't, and, mm-hmm. and you're not going to get the recognition for it. And if you have the recognition as one of the factors for what you're doing, that you're doing it for the wrong reason. Yeah. So blessing somebody behind you in line that's not going to know who you are. I mean, that's it's a simple way to start. Find somebody that needs something. Somebody that go watch their kids so they can go out and have a night out. You know, maybe there's so many things that you can do, but ask God to just put somebody in front of you that needs something from you. You may not know what it is, but give me the opportunity to bless somebody today. Mm-hmm. You know, just ask for that. He'll he'll be he's faithful. Yeah. He'll provide it. You, and then you have to be open to it, and then you have to be obedient. Being obedient, yeah. That's good. That's really practical. At some level, really, you're talking about two things, humility and surrendering. We don't always like that word, Mm -hmm. but you are surrendering to the will of somebody bigger than yourself, greater than yourself, and just talking about constantly returning to that and submitting. We don't like that word either to the authorship and the authority of Jesus, it totally changes your outlook on things. I'd also say to surround yourself with people that might be already of that mindset. Yeah. If you're going to hang out with people that are, that feel entitled, that feel like they owe it to me. Yeah. Probably going to have a hard time getting in that mindset. If you're hanging around with people that are just generous people, people that you know are generous people, watch what they do. Watch. I mean, they're, they're an opportunity in, in situations where they have opportunities and you can learn from that, you know, mm-hmm. find yourself a group of people that are just good people that are generous people that love the Lord and just hang out with them. And that stuff happens. It happens on a daily basis. Yeah. That's and, good. And it really comes back to why, why do we do anything? You know, I've been reading a few biographies of some missionaries and pastors and evangelists from 18th, 19th century. And one of the things, this is this last week, that came up in all of them was simply the, the, the desire to please Jesus. Mm-hmm. That was the motivation behind all of their life, the desire to please Jesus. And um, that may not bring glory on this earth, but it will bring a job well done when mm-hmm. we get to heaven. And, you know, I love what you're saying about just the desire to bless and see people. Really, I, I feel like you, you're, you're seeing people as the image of God, mm-hmm. as loved by God. And because, because they are loved, you love and you, and you care. And 
it's just a great encouragement encouragement to me. I was thinking just a little bit before my pastoral role, I was at uh, a company. I didn't know why I was working there because I didn't plan on being there, but I felt like God told me while I was in that season to just love like he loves. And so I was uh, kind of quickly became a manager there and I used that, that role as a means of just blessing the employees and blessing the people that came to the, to the company. And to this day, I've, I've since left, but I'll, I've seen some of those people from that season and their eyes light up when they see me. And it's, it's while nothing came of that in for myself, Mm -hmm. what it did in their lives and how it showed them Jesus and showed them their worth and that they were loved and valued. And I pray led them a little closer to, to him. Mm -hmm. Um, man, that, that's meant a lot to me. And so you encourage me with that all the time. And I, I appreciate it. I was thinking of a verse, Matthew 6, 4. It says, you know, basically let your, your giving be done in secret or in private, um, not for the purpose of getting attention, but um, so that your heavenly father who sees in secret will reward. And I think that's a great verse for all of us to maybe keep at heart. So Sean. Yes. What is... What would you say? I was thinking about this. Maybe a challenge or an encouragement to people listening right now. What's a what's a next step or a, just a really practical thing for us to do? Yeah, and I think Ron nailed it when he said, "Pray every day that the Holy Spirit would whisper and give you opportunity to bring His kingdom a little bit closer." That. We need to then be obedient when he does that because Jesus is always speaking. And um, I don't know if you would want to tag anything onto that, Ron, or if there's a one more nugget or one last encouragement you have for our listeners when it comes to utilizing all of your resources, all that you have for the kingdom of God. But I think that was a really, really good practical step right there for everybody. But I'll let you kind of have the last word, though. Well, we're called to be the hands and the feet. I mean, there's a lot of stuff that takes place in between us. I mean, we want people to see Jesus in us, right? Mm -hmm. We have the ability to do that. You know, there are many opportunities. I mean, certainly there's supernatural gifts and there's supernatural blessings and things, but we have the opportunity to be the blessings that people need and that they desire that they're praying for that they're seeking, that they're praying out, they're calling out to God, God, I need this, God, whatever. Are you even there? Are you listening? You know, and it could be something so ridiculously simple that we think it's insignificant. But yet when somebody's calling out and we go knock on their door, hey, just want to let you know I did this for you today. You know, that sounds like it's self-serving, but I just want to let you know I took care of that for you. I saw that that was a need and I just want to let you know I've already taken care of it. Who knows what they said or have been saying, God, I need to see you. And you go to their door and you do something for them or you in a restaurant or a store, whatever it is, we have that opportunity to be Jesus with skin on. Mm-hmm. We have the opportunity to do that and we can't expect somebody else to do it. I mean, if we want to be the hands and the feet, we got to get work, get mm-hmm. busy. So there's there's no time to waste. I mean, you can... You can do it today. You can do it now. You can do it tomorrow. It's if you mess up today, guess what? You get to do it again tomorrow. It doesn't stop. We can do it all the time, constantly. Just become a mindset. Make it a mindset that that's what I want to do. I want to bless one person today or start with a month, start with a week, whatever it is. 
Again, it doesn't have to be financial. Right, right. And that transcends space. Mm-hmm. So whether you're at work or in your neighborhood or hanging out with friends or in the in line, whether you at the grocery store, whether you are a manager or an employee, a warehouse worker, a uh, babysitter who is in school or a nanny who's in school at the same time, doesn't matter who you are, where you're at, you can utilize all of it to bring glory to God and to bring his kingdom just a little bit closer for the people that you are in contact with. So thank you, Ron, for being with us. Yeah, it's and, been uh, great. It's been great, been awesome. <laughs> Given us a lot to think about. I have some processing to continue to do, and I'm sure our listeners do as well. So thanks for joining us on the podcast for this episode, using our resources for the kingdom of God and for his glory. This has been a great conversation. And until next time, what is God asking you to use for his purposes?